Hello and welcome to the 45th episode of the Fuel for Life podcast. My name is Bogdan Kipko and this is the podcast dedicated to fueling your faith in the one who gives faith. And I believe that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. And so my goal is to help you realize the promise of God's gospel for every part of your life. Well, how's it going, Fuel for Life Nation? Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for being a part of the community. I really appreciate it. I would love for you to follow me on Snapchat, Periscope, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, If you're not yet connected with me on Snapchat, let's connect. Uh, My username on there is B as in boy, Kipco. So B Kipco, go ahead and add me there. Before we get into the main content of this podcast, I have two big announcements that I want to share with you. The first one, super excited about it, super pumped about it. We have the Fuel for Life app, which was officially launched. So you can go to the Apple App Store and you can download the Fuel for Life app and Big shout out to the mastermind, Eddie Kiger. I'll include a link to all of his content in the show notes. He's the one that created the app and it's called the Fuel for Life app. It's on the Apple App Store. You can download it and basically it has all of my content, everything that I've ever published on Fuel for Life. It's right there. It's very easily accessible. I personally believe it's the best easiest, most convenient way to download any audio content from the Fuel for Life. It has all of the interviews that I've done. It has my extended Fuel for Life show. It has the Ask Bogdan Anything content. It also has all of my sermons in both languages. I know you're going to love it. Please give me some feedback. Let us know what you think of the app. It's launched. It's live on the Apple App Store, so please check it out would love to get some feedback. The number two announcement that I want to make, I'm so excited about this as well. We launched this week a brand new segment on the Fuel for Life show, which is called Fuel for Today. Now, Fuel for Today is very selected, curated audio content that is going to be published on the podcast every single weekday, Monday through Friday, which means that you're gonna basically get brand new content every single day of the week. And this content, it's about, it's a little bit shorter than my Fuel for Life show. It's about nine to 13 minutes in length. It's a every day, it's a different teaching on a different topic. I know you're going to love it. It's very bite-sized. That's why we called it Fuel for Today. And the unique thing about it is that there will be a brand new episode every single day of the week. So we already have, at this point, um, three to four episodes launched. So check them out. Hopefully you like it and are blessed by it. So the Fuel for Life app, huge announcement. And it's, it's, it's live. And then we launched Fuel for Today. So hopefully both of those things will allow you to consume the content in a more convenient manner. And ultimately, I hope those things help you faithfully follow Jesus. 
Well, Fuel for Life Nation, I'm so pumped to get into today's podcast. And the title of today's podcast is this, Seven Myths People Wrongly Believe About Their Pastor. And I'm going to talk about myths that people erroneously or wrongly believe about pastors or people who are put in charge in a church to shepherd the flock. Now, I want to do this because I guarantee you that your pastor, if you're part of a local church, will never tell you or confess or reveal these things to you simply because they love you too much and they would not want you to be burdened with the reality of who they really are. So today in this episode, I want to give you a fresh perspective on the pastoral office and I hope with this episode, you'll appreciate your pastors more than ever before. And in this episode, I'm going to be super, super honest. I'm going to be super raw, super real, because I personally think pastors don't talk about this enough. I've been a pastor for a while, and I really think that this is kind of the elephant in the room. Now, check out this research about pastors. So here's some facts, okay? Maybe you knew this, maybe not, probably not. 250 pastors leave the ministry every month. That's crazy. 84% say they're on call 24 hours a day. 80% expect conflict in their church. 54% find their role of pastor frequently overwhelming. And here's the thing. I talk to pastors a lot and they can attest to the fact that they have one of the hardest jobs on the planet. And all these results from the survey are basically saying that People in ministry need encouragement. Encouragement is like fuel. We we need that. We crave that. But often we don't know how to ask for it. And I love what 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13 says. It says, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. And Paul also says to the 2 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, uh, if you get my cultural reference, a lot of stuff in the news lately, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 11 says, now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it. So people in ministry need to understand that it's a race, it's, it's, a, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint, and we need to finish well. So here is the number one myth that people wrongly believe about their pastor, that they have a lot of friends. Now, believe it or not, some of the loneliest people that are out there are pastors. And I get why people think that they're not, because the pastor is usually a very visible figure and people think that everybody knows them. Yeah, people know of them, but they don't actually know them. So what people tend to do is assume that they have that pastors have a lot of friends simply because many people know them. And also pastors sometimes have trouble making real genuine friends because what can happen is if the pastor is honest with other people, faux friends or fake friends might use their honesty against them. So basically a pastor sometimes feels like it's dangerous to be vulnerable. They remain guarded. And when you remain guarded, it's hard to create friendships. So that's, I think, the number one myth that people think about pastors, that they have tons of friends. In reality, 
They don't have a lot of friends. They might have a handful of friends that they can confide in, but that's about it. So that's number one myth. Number two myth about pastors that people believe is that pastors are always invited to other people's homes and events. Now, here's the honest mistake that many people make, and I don't personally blame people for making this mistake. Whenever there's a holiday or an event or some other social function, people might not want to invite a pastor or a pastor's wife or their family because they feel as if though they're burdening them with yet another event. But friends, here's the thing. The truth is most pastors love to spend time with people. That's the whole reason why we're in ministry. We love people and they will absolutely make an event or a party if they're able to. Here's the funny part. I've actually had people come up to me and basically say, hey, you know what? Um, I had this like amazing party and I was totally contemplating inviting you and your wife, but I figured you'd be super busy so I didn't invite you. Now, I'll give that person the benefit of the doubt and think that the reason they didn't invite me was because they they believed this second myth that basically I'm always invited somewhere. The point is, If you're in the fence about inviting your pastor somewhere, go ahead and do so, and you might be surprised that they're actually more available than you think, which brings me to myth number three that people believe about pastors, and that is that they're always super busy. I cannot tell you how many times people come up to me and the first thing they say, oh, I know you're super busy oh, I I totally get you're super busy. And I always have to kind of politely stop people and say, no, I'm not. I'm not busy. Like, if you're going to talk to me, I'm not, I'm not busy for you. I'll, I will totally talk to you. Like there's no, there's no issue with that. And, um, I actually like this, uh, story that was shared by one of my pastor friends, Russell Quartz. And, um, he actually made a special sticker to put on the lid of his laptop so that when he's sitting at a coffee shop, people would see this sticker. And on this sticker on the laptop, it said, quote, pastor at work, please interrupt. What an amazing idea, right? Now, I'm not sure if you want to do this or not. If you're a pastor, it's completely up to you. But here is the thing. The truth is pastors do have a lot of priorities, but they're not that busy. I believe the word busy is overrated in our culture. And I feel like being busy is an excuse or a cop-out to make yourself sound more important and you kind of want that validation from other people. So whenever people tell me, oh, I know you're busy, I kind of shock them a little bit by responding, no, I'm actually not busy at all. And not being busy doesn't mean you aren't doing anything. It means you're doing the right thing. Ooh, you can tweet that one. Being not busy doesn't mean you're not doing anything. It means you're doing the right thing. And being busy, I believe, is more of when you're being suffocated by so many demands that you're trying to meet that you neglect the things that actually matter in life, which is people and their needs. So here's what I would say. Take your pastor out to coffee, take him out to lunch. I know he would appreciate that because no one else called him to go out for coffee. I almost guarantee you that. So that's myth number three, okay? Myth number four, that people 
wrongly believe about their pastor and is this one, that all the pastor wants to do is talk about God. Now, if you're more of a religious person, you're conservative, you don't understand nuance, you're probably going to get super mad at me about this one, but I really don't care because I'm going to get my point across. Don't get me wrong. Pastors are passionate about God. We're passionate about the chief shepherd, Jesus. We love teaching people. We love helping people become all that God created them to be. But sometimes we don't just want to talk about theology. It's it's really strange. Like every time I'm in a conversation with somebody, like I meet people that that I don't know and they'll they're going to be like, "Oh, pastor, well, you know, what do you think about the left behind series?" It's like, "Do you think all I do is watch theological movies?" That's not the case. Sometimes pastors just want to talk about politics or business or culture in general or um or technology. I mean, for me personally, I love social media. I love figuring out different hacks and tricks to get the message out there. Um maybe I mean, sometimes people pastors want to talk about electric bikes. I mean, I don't know. It's a funny because every time I have a conversation with somebody I just meet, the other person will immediately attempt to make some sort of spiritual or religious reference. Now, I totally get it. They're coming from a good place. But usually if that person doesn't believe in God, they will ask what I think about the old school Moses movies they used to show on TBN, as if that's the only thing I think about. And I totally get what they're coming from. But here's the thing, friends. Next time you speak with your pastor or a pastor in general, ask them what their hobbies are, what their interests are. We do love Jesus, but and we, we it, it's theology is not everything that we want to talk about. You'd be surprised at how interesting your pastor can actually be. Myth number five people have about their pastor that pastors don't like to have fun. And here's the funny part. When people ask me what I like to do for fun, I tell them, well, I preach, I teach at a local church, and that's for me the most fun that a person can have. Now, some people play golf, some people go fishing, some people play sports. For me, the fun part is being in the center of what God called me to do. That's the most fun for me. And so most of them would say, most pastors would say, they really have no other hobbies or interests other than their calling. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because honestly, all of my life is fun in a particular sense. Don't get me wrong. I have difficulties. I have trials. I have tribulations that I go through, but it's like people always ask me, well, what do you do for fun? Well, I mean, I preach, I teach, I record podcasts, I put out content on social media, I help people digest deep, difficult theological truths and make them into more bite-sized formats so that people understand and the light bulb goes off in their mind. For me, that's fun. It's not a burden. Often, it doesn't even feel like work. Now, it's true, I'll have moments that are difficult or seasons that are harder than others, but overall, it's fun, it's great, and because I'm doing that which makes me feel the most alive and the results come from Jesus and not me, that's the best thing about it. But pastors do like to have fun. We love to smile, we love to laugh, we love we love to crack jokes, we often are very sarcastic, so you might be surprised if you try to kind of find out about your pastor and ask him, hey, what do you do for fun, and have them have them tell you. Myth number six that people wrongly believe about their pastor. 
that a pastor needs to be perfect at all times. Now, I'm going to tell you something incredibly riveting. Pastors aren't perfect. Pastors are just ordinary people like you and like me, basically, okay? So, pastors aren't perfect, Jesus is. You're not perfect, Jesus is. So, even though pastors will do their best in loving people and being compassionate to people, they will fail. Now, it doesn't mean they're not pursuing sanctification or presuming on a grace. It means they are human beings. I'll never forget a a conversation I was having with somebody and um, I told him that as a pastor, even though I don't want to, I will sin against them in some sort of way. Maybe it's going to be the way I say something. Maybe it's going to be a tone of voice that they won't like. Maybe I'm going to overlook something. I mean, I've had people come up to me and say, hey, why didn't you say hi to me? And I was like, well, I apologize. I can say hi to you now. And in the back of my mind, I was like, well, there's like 40 people I was trying to say hi to. I might have missed that one person, not because I wanted to miss them, but it it just happened. And pastors are not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're real people too. And so I believe, here's the reality. There's no sense in putting a pastor on a pedestal. I've heard this phrase before, and I think it's completely true, that whatever you idolize, you will eventually demonize. Whenever we begin to idolize people and we elevate them and we raise them to the point of almost God, the moment they fail us is the moment we're going to demonize them. So here's what I'm going to say. Give grace to your pastor. Know that he's human. He can make a mistake, but we feel super bad about it and we will want to make amends as much as we possibly can. So pastors aren't perfect. Jesus is. Our goal is to point everyone to the perfect one, Jesus Christ. Now, myth number seven, last but not least, and this is a tough one and it's very, very true. Myth number seven, people wrongly believe about their pastor is that they people think that pastors have never thought of quitting. People tend to think that a pastor always wanted to be a pastor, but in reality, the burden of ministry sometimes can lead to great despair. And if you're a shepherd or a leader, and if your despair is not put on the shoulders of Jesus, and you're constantly trying to carry that burden yourself, you will be crushed under the weight of that burden. And I want to be honest here, I can't count the amount of times I've personally wanted to quit. Quit ministry because of different things, things inside the church, things outside of the church, all sorts of different reasons for why I wanted to quit or feel like I didn't want not want to go forward. But here is what has kept me sane or kept me in the ministry other than Jesus and other than my supportive, loving wife. The burden that God has placed upon me is greater than the desire to quit. So here's the thing, like somebody might criticize you, somebody might say they don't something you don't they don't like you, they don't like your vision or something else like that. But your purpose, your your mission of proclaiming the gospel and proclaiming a message that will set the captives free 
is far more important, far more valuable, far more than anything you can experience. So we cannot, as pastors, be circumstantial and say, okay, you know what? This person didn't like my sermon. I'm quitting. It's like, you can't do that because you need to understand the bigger mission. And sometimes, as a pastor, you do things you don't feel like doing and it's not called faking it. It's called being an adult, being a mature adult. So understand this, friends, that your pastor, whoever it is right now, most likely he has thought of quitting the ministry, of quitting your church in the last week. I want us to understand that and hopefully change the perspective that we have of what we think about pastors in general. So here they are, friends, the seven myths that people wrongly believe about their pastors, that they have a lot of friends, sometimes they don't, that they're always invited to other people's homes, they're not, so go ahead and invite them, that they're super busy, they're not busy for you, text them, hang out with them, all they want to talk about is God, yes, they totally love Jesus, but they have other interests that I'm sure they'll love talking to you about as well, that they don't like to have fun, they totally do, that they need to be perfect at all times. They won't be. They will fail because they're people and they're sinful. And the last one that they've never thought of quitting, they have. So here is a challenge I have to everybody listening, a call to action to myself, to everybody who's listening to this podcast. Take into account these items that we talked about. And next time you're thinking of your pastor, they will be super appreciative I guarantee it if you do at least one of these five things. So I'm going to give you five practical things you can do to encourage your pastor. Number one, don't forget your pastor's wife. Often she is an overlooked person. She makes an incredible amount of sacrifices in giving up her husband to many, many ministry opportunities. So send her notes of appreciation, uh, a gift certificate, a text message, express gratitude for the part that she plays in the teamwork of pastoring the local church. Behind every man, behind every great man is a great woman who is supporting him. So don't forget the pastor's wife. Second practical thing you can do to encourage your pastor Send him a text and tell him, hey, I appreciate all that you do, right? Honestly, that literally like that one text message you can send your pastor, honestly, do it right now. Like pause this podcast, whoever your pastor is, your pastor, your youth leader, your youth pastor, your um, shepherd, your mentor, somebody who is teaching you spiritual things in your life, somebody who's pointing you to Jesus right now, text them and tell them, hey, I appreciate all that you do. You never know, that person you're texting might actually be wanting to quit at that moment. They might be in deep despair and your text message is going to be a miracle they were waiting for so that they can continue moving forward. Number three practical thing you can do occasionally send him a clever cartoon or a joke that mirrors a point he made in the sermon. What do I mean by that? Like when you're scrolling through Instagram or through Facebook, tag your pastor in a funny meme. 
I've had people from my church do that and it's so honestly, it's funny and it's really encouraging because that tells me that they're listening. It happened just a few Sundays ago. I preached a sermon um, after church got on my Instagram and then one of my church members tagged me in a picture and said, hey, this reminds me of your sermon. And I was like, cool, people were listening. That's awesome, right? Sometimes people don't listen. So that's what I would say. Tag your pastor um, on a meme somewhere and say, hey, this is kind of like what you were talking about. I guarantee you it's gonna mean the world for them. Number four practical thing you can do. Go to your pastor and ask him where you can assume a position of responsibility. Honestly, there's no pastor out there who's tired of this because barely ever do people do that. So go to your pastor and say, hey, I want to serve. I want to have responsibility. Where is there a need? I guarantee you that pastor will have at least five bullet points for you that you can start serving in. And number five practical thing, last but not least, give him a gift Honestly, it doesn't have to be anything big or expensive unless, of course, you want it. And, you know, we're not going to argue with you there. Like even a Starbucks gift card, it goes a long way. It doesn't even need to have a lot of money on it, like five bucks, right? Enough for a latte. This just shows the pastor, hey, your hard work doesn't go unnoticed. So give him some sort of gift. Can be small, inexpensive, but it goes a long way. So I hope you are challenged by these five items and you can implement them in the life of your church and in the life of your pastor. All right, Fuel for Life Nation, thank you so much for listening to this podcast where we talked about the seven myths people wrongly believe about their pastor. If you found this content helpful, please share it with your social network. Share it with somebody that would appreciate it as well. And if you haven't already done so, please leave a rating and a review of this podcast on iTunes. Share it with your friends. Tell someone about it. Let's continue our conversation on social media Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, remember, before God will do a great work through your life, he wants to first do a great work in your life. And there is hope, and his name is Jesus. Let my words be life. Let my words be true.